The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 1655. Today, I stand corrected. There is actually some quote-unquote mythology stuff in Bebo, which is the latest episode from Star Wars Resistance. Can we get somebody else to take us in instead of Kylo Ren this time? Mm, Star Wars 7x7, this is the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and welcome to Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Today it's our resistance briefing on Bebo, which is episode 12 from season 1 of Star Wars Resistance. And as far as the whole mythology thing goes, I've talked about, to a smaller degree I think of the regular episodes, and probably a little bit more in detail in the weekly update episode, that's a bonus episode for patrons of the show. I talked about the fact that I did not think that this was going to be anything that advanced the mythology of Star Wars Resistance, as in the main story about the Resistance and the First Order and all of that stuff. But it seems that there is at least a little bit of a nod to that. And it has to do with, well, let's you know stop for a second and say that this is a full spoiler episode. And so if you have not watched the episode and don't want it spoiled for you, then save this show for a later date. But if you're okay with me diving in, then let's dive in real quick and simply say that the pirate Sonara San, who or Sonara San, who is now basically undercover for all intents and purposes, working on the Colossus refueling platform, we find out that she missed her last reporting opportunity to Kragen, the head pirate that's been working with the First Order. And apparently Kragen has found out that the pilots who rescued Sonara earlier on in the season are in fact with the Resistance. And he shows her a screenshot from one of the security cameras. And she's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure who she's seeing in there. You know, and in, one of the funny things about this is that BB-8 is pictured in the screenshot that she is to see. And it's just a reminder that, you know, for us watching the show, we're like, BB-8's right there. Like, how do you not know? You see BB-8 all the time on the platform, but nobody's paying attention to droids, really. Like, this is a thing in Star Wars. This is just the way the galaxy works. Nobody really pays that much attention to the droids. And so that's not a dead giveaway by any stretch of the imagination somehow. And later on in the episode, Sonara has some time alone with Kaz and tries to ask him more about the pilots who rescued her. And he says, I don't know, they were just pilots, you know, they're just gone or whatever, you know, but one of them was kind of good looking, which of course is supposed to be him naturally, not Poe, because he's kind of sweet on Sonara. And she thinks that he's got some secrets and he's like, no, you know, the only secret I got is that I got no secrets, which, you know, is of course very convincing naturally. And that's pretty much it as far as the mythology side of the thing goes. But there are other tidbits in there that, you know, if you're not into the whole, you know, story itself, which is you know, quite honestly a real straightforward story and one that, you know, as an adult probably telegraphs to you super early. But there's a note about a Z-95 headhunter getting salvaged off the bottom of the ocean on Castellon. 
and Kaz identifies it as a Z95 headhunter from Reaper Squadron, which Wikipedia currently has no record of a Reaper Squadron from the Clone Wars, and Kaz is sure that it's a Clone Wars thing because they never used Z96s in the Clone Wars, and he's sure it's a Z95 because of the squadron thing on it, and I guess he's versed in military history to some degree, so I'm looking forward to more details about Reaper Squadron and what that might be. It's an interesting nod to the Clone Wars era. And as far as the main story itself, well, when they salvage that Z95 Headhunter, there's a little tiny creature in the thing that jumps out, which is ugly and smells horrible, according to everyone except for Nico, who falls in love with it immediately and adopts it and decides to call it Bebo. And I have to give kudos to Josh Brenner for this episode. He's the guy who does the voice of Nico. I mean, you know, he's already been fun to begin with in the ep in the series, but I gotta say, he really leans into <laughs> it in this episode. It's really awesome. And this episode also has some good physical comedy as well. Um, yeah, I'm always game for a good chair gag, and this one was actually very well executed in my estimation. So kudos to the animation team also on this one for some you know, great physical comedy. Anyway, so it's to the point where the thing is causing so much havoc that Yeager says, you know, one of my rules is no pets, and that thing has to go when it causes too much trouble. And Nico says, I'm going to quit. Like he's going to actually quit Team Fireball if he can't keep the pet, which, you know, then Tam finally stands up for him and says, uh, you know, we've let Kaz do crazier things and it's never been a problem. Let him keep his pet. But meanwhile, Bebo escapes and gets down to engineering where they find him. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a moment. Ultimately, though, this giant sea creature shows up and that's what interrupts Sonara trying to quiz Kaz about his secrets and whatnot. And naturally, as it turns out, you know, everybody's like, it's attacking the platform. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It seems to want Bebo. It's food. Ah, whatever. No, of course not. It's the thing's mother. And mom just wants her baby back. And so ultimately, Nico figures out that it's the baby and has to give it back. And it is a rather heartbreaking for Nico, but he ultimately manages to get over it eventually. But Anyway, yeah, that's pretty much the sum and substance, but we also find out that there's a pirate alarm on the Colossus, which Sonara says, Ooh, good to know, because I'm sure that's going to come in handy later. And we also can see the yellow ace get trashed yet again. I guess this is a recurring theme. Although in the last episode that he was flying around, he did not get trashed. That was probably the one time that he didn't. But our yellow ace actually goes down in flames again. Also, the black ace, uh, Griff Halloran, gets whacked. And there's a fancy maneuver performed by Kaz to stabilize Griff. So that way he can kind of skim along the water and survive instead of just, you know, full on crashing into the water. And that seems to catch the attention of Captain Doza going, hmm, you know, maybe this kid flying the fireball is a little bit more intense than we thought. And I should also point out that Donald Faison and Elijah Wood both make guest appearances in this episode, and they're comparatively minimal. And I think <laughs> as far as Elijah Wood goes with his Jace Ruckling character, he gets maybe one or two lines. It's You're rather surprised to see them used in this episode, which, you know... Like, I'll be honest with you, I mean, it is kind of disposable for all intents and purposes, but that's not to say it isn't entertaining by any stretch. No, I enjoyed it. So, you know, it's it's kind of funny to see how these characters are getting deployed and how these actors are getting deployed throughout the series. And so 
that is pretty much going to do it for our resistance briefing on Bebo, which is, again, episode 12 from season one of Resistance. There is one other Force-related thing that came up that I want to call to your attention as well. But before I do that, I just want to say, hey... You know what's coming. If you haven't subscribed to the show wherever you like to catch it, then by all means, please do. And thank you so much for subscribing if you already are. And also, I hope you will consider supporting this Daily Dose of Star Wars Joy by joining the community at patreon.com slash SW7X7. I already alluded to the weekly update where everybody at the 327 level and above got a preview of what's coming for Star Wars 7x7 all week long, as opposed to the daily previews that everybody gets. And additionally, folks at the 1138 level and above also get a behind-the-scenes episode, a bonus video episode, where I'm going to talk about what went into the previous week's episodes, and also, in this particular instance, a little tour around the studio here. So, hope you will check that out. Alright, so, the Force-related stuff. Well, so... Way back when, the children from Tehara, that was an episode early on in the first season of Resistance, there were a couple of kids that were ultimately hidden from the First Order and are now living down in the engineering decks. Well, it turns out the two kids, Kel and Ayla, down there, the brother and the sister, (laughs) respectively, um, they have been having premonitions about the mother coming for the baby and saying something's coming you know much to tam's aggravation like i hate vagueness which was kind of a funny (laughs) thing but i guess the sister ayla has been dreaming about this giant monster coming for several days and anytime she has dreams for multiple days they tend to come true and they've also sensed that other creatures in the sea have fled from the area because of the fact that this giant monster is coming so you know i don't think we really explored the possibility that these children are force sensitive at all when we originally talked about the children from Tehar episode we just know that the first order is generally trying to capture kids and um there was you know another reason why they were after them but um basically because they had knowledge of an atrocity on Tehar and they had to make sure that you know all the evidence was eliminated but It's not so simple with that. They apparently are Force-sensitive as well. And this is something that I think should probably be explored in greater detail. The idea of whether the First Order would not necessarily limit themselves to recruiting regular children, but whether they're looking for Force-sensitive children as well, and what they're doing with those kids, or if they are in that regard. I think that really merits some further exploration. So... Um, might be me, might be somebody else. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. But for now, though, at least, that is officially going to do it for this episode for our Resistance Briefing on Bebo. Again, episode 12, season 1 of Star Wars Resistance. Thank you again so much for joining me for it. And as always, may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.